I, Charles the Fourth, or is it the Third? Bloody man! We will strive for the denazification of the Let me put it to you! Yes, if you win by one, you've won. The throne went over the side of the first. Hey, excuse me! Glory! I just think everyone should be sure. What the fuck is going on? Part of the ACAST Creator Network and also available on Patreon. Hello, I'm Mark Steele. Welcome to my podcast, where each week, with increasing intensity, I ask the question, what the fuck is going on? At last, there's a grown-up in the room. We've got someone sensible running the country. To be fair, the bar wasn't set all that high by the last two. So people are going, it's amazing. We've got a prime minister who doesn't deny they're at an illegal party when there are photos of them at the illegal party or destroy the economy in 25 minutes. How did they find anyone this wonderful? They could have got almost anyone and we'd have been going, oh, this is so much better. They could have got the bloke up the road here in Crystal Palace who runs the hardware shop because he hasn't shagged anyone and then given them a load of chisels out of public money. He didn't sell all his stock and flood the shop with millions of pounds worth of balsamic vinegar and then go, oh, I didn't expect it to bankrupt us. (laughs) Still, it was the right thing to do. I just did it a bit too fast. So if he became Prime Minister, every commentator in the country would be going, what a breath of fresh air it is to have the country run by Mr Miller from Hollybush Stores. Maybe this is the strategy from now on. You appoint two terrible people at something, so the third one looks marvellous. So the England swimming team will be captained by someone who says, I hold the world record for the butterfly, and then gets into the ball by climbing down the steps in a rubber ring. And then he's replaced by a woman who says, I've got an idea, and gets in with an electric toaster and kills everyone. And then whoever comes after that, you go, they're amazing. They can nearly do a length. So now people are saying that Rishi Sunak is a new broom. And he's full of integrity because all the time that Boris Johnson was doing all these terrible things, Rishi Sunak was only the second most important person in the government. I expect they were forcing him to waste £37 billion on track and trace. Johnson must have been waterboarding him. Do it, Richie. Do it. Give them the money. I don't want to to spend the money. Do it, Richie. Do it. And now, as part of the new broom, Richie has made some big changes. For example, before there were all these ridiculous characters in the cabinet, such as Suella Braverman and James Cleverley and Grant Shapps. And now you've got a much more sensible bunch, people such as Grant Shapps, Suella Braverman and James Cleverley. But one person who has gone is Jacob Rees-Mogg, the man who said he would only serve under Boris Johnson and then immediately served under Liz Truss. And then when Sunak took over, he said, I no longer believe that Mr Sunak is a socialist, so I am prepared to serve under him after all. You have to admire that level of principle. A man who changes his mind with every prime minister that he wants a job from. If Ishmael Hania, the leader of Hamas, had been made the new prime minister, Jacob would have said, I have always been an ardent supporter of the Palestinian nation. So, therefore... I am willing to serve under Mr. Hanya 
Praise be to Allah the Merciful, peace be upon him. Long live the Intifada. Even so, it's worth celebrating. And from now on, every 25th of October should be called Jacob Reese Mog Day. And in years to come, children will all wear a monocle and dance around a maypole in a top hat, giving each other presents. And some people will say this all dates back to a man called Jacob. But most people will say, oh, don't be daft. He didn't really exist. And it does seem to be the end of Boris Johnson. But... Give him credit, he kept lying till the end. I have over a hundred names. It may look like 58, but in Roman numerals, that is well over a hundred. I only came back from holiday because I forgot my suntan lotion and I, I didn't want to stand. I was, but people begged me. And in fact, I had over 200 names with the, I mean, the cleaner. The cleaner put them in the bin, them's the breaks. However, I do, I do have the numbers to become King of Siam on Wednesday. And so lots of people have welcomed the fact that we have our first British Asian Prime Minister. And that definitely counts for something. It does. I mean, Martin Luther King looked forward to a time when people would be judged not by the colour of their skin, but by the content of their character. And so congratulations to Rishi Sunak, who's worth £730 million and boasted that he'd taken public money from deprived urban areas and given it to wealthy places instead. So we can all judge his character on that. The continuing political and economic uncertainty in Britain is troubling for us all, but especially for this woman who I overheard in a cafe. Well, I heard Richard Madeley on Good Morning Britain say we've got another new Prime Minister, which is so unfair because our daughter Nectarine wanted a turn as it would give her extra marks for her project about governments. So she started crying. <laughs> and apparently the economy's in a terrible mess because of the energy prices. I read somewhere that you should save money by stocking up on candles. So I went to Harrods and bought a box of 24, sent it with rosemary, cream of avocado and essence of camel spit. They were £600 each, but <laughs> every penny counts. <laughs> we've been growing our own vegetables Although, well, of course, we've been growing wheat rose vegetables because you can't trust the ones that come from seeds. We bought 12 packets of tender stem broccoli and planted them in the ground and the nanny stands out there watering them. At least the pound has gone up against the dollar, which is good news because Colin's away at some sort of conference in America. He's head of marketing for Pringles across the whole of the Rygate area. But then I got a call from him and it was a number in Bournemouth. But apparently Bournemouth is in Colorado, which is funny because Tara's got a cottage in Bournemouth and she's never mentioned that. And then the nanny woke me up crying, saying, can I stop watering the vegetables now at 6.30 in the morning? I've been out here all night. But that's the trouble with some people. It's just me, me, me. Excuse me. This tofu tastes funny. Is it woo karate? Now, as anybody knows who has ever tried to work out what the fuck is going on, particularly at this febrile moment, you need expert advice from all around the world. And we're very happy to have an international expert, Fred McCauley, one of the most famous people in Scotland, and who I believe, Fred, I was trying to work this out, I think we first did a show together, you'll tell me if the year is right, 1531. That's, that's exactly right, yeah. I can't remember. what We're cel celebrating 300 years of something. So, <laughs> yeah, of yeah, the Black Death. Whatever happened in 1231, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, it was silly because if we just waited three years, we'd have had the Reformation, all the jokes, all those monastery jokes. 
Uh, we we don't do monastery jokes in the west of Scotland anymore. <laughs> it just causes way too much trouble. Now, uh, I write. Talking of Scotland, now I don't know if news has emerged up there yet, but uh, there is yet another prime minister, and uh, so now this one clearly. I mean, I've been saying this podcast. He doesn't have a high bar to reach to be the sensible no. one. And regards to Scotland, particularly because the, the the last one said that what she would do with the first minister of Scotland is ignore her. Uh-huh. So I know I know it's only been a few hours, but do you think there's a sense of relief that, uh, however, whatever he's like, he's, he's, this is an improvement? Uh, well, you can say uh, what you like about Liz Trust, and I'm sure we will, but that, that was one of her pledges that she did actually commit to and uh, <laughs> <laughs> she didn't actually make contact. She completely ignored her and uh, Wales and Northern Ireland. But I gather that uh, Rishi Sunak and um, Nicola Sturgeon have already been in touch with each other and they said that despite their differences, they look forward to working together. So... Um, that that is a big step forward, but as you say, it's on a very low bar. That's amazing. That that's that's all you have to do to be an improvement <laughs> is to say hello. Uh-huh. <laughs> there must be a sense. Oh, she she said hello. Bless her. Well, I mean, I, I don't know what you've said already about uh, Sunak coming in, but I mean, uh, I thought, well, maybe maybe there is a sense that something proper or something right might happen now. Um, but by putting Suella Braverman in the cabinet, that's just wiped that completely off the board. He's just as bad as the rest of them. So um, despite the fact that Sturgeon has said that they'll, they'll work together, I mean, she's just like the rest of us, biding her time over the next couple of years, albeit she, she hopes to have a, a referendum uh, in 2023. Yes, it is quite a thing, isn't it? Because you come in, I suppose it's a bit like if a, you know, if you've had a terrible plumber round uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> then you get someone round and you think, oh, no, this bloke really looks like he knows what he's doing and he's sitting in, he's got all his instruments out and he's fiddling about with a radiator. He knows what he's doing and then suddenly he gets a mallet and just starts <laughs> smashing all your windows. <laughs> oh, no, I thought this one was better. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that, that I mean, I, I, I've not been gigging a lot, but the one thing I can tell you about Rishi Sunak, because as you know, Mark, I, I worked in finance for uh, 12 or 13 years. And I should actually know exactly how long, but um, I can tell you, I mean, I don't exactly know what his inside leg measurement is, but I'm guessing it's about 29 um, inches. Yeah. But uh, even at that, his trousers don't come all the way down to his shoes. And I can tell you, and this is the nichest joke I've ever written, that man's <laughs> not paying VAT on his clothes. <laughs> now, they're coming straight off the Gap Kids rail. <laughs> Never mind investigating his wife's £450 million pounds abroad that she was not declaring in her non-dom status. Do you think that's why? Do you think that's the argument? Perhaps that's the conversation they've had. Rishi, you need some new trousers. Oh, where shall I go? Shall I go to the you know, the place that's so... No, I can't. We can't. I can't afford them because we've got no access to the money. Your money's locked up in the fucking Cayman Islands, you silly yeah. cow. So now yeah. I've got to buy children's clothes. And now, and now, you, now your picture's everywhere. I'm not going to be able to go into the Gap Kids. <laughs> I'm going to have to buy them out of Marks and Spencer's and pay full whack. We're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> I've just spent the morning with my granddaughter, um, six months old, Mark, and uh, I was trying to explain to her what integrity meant. And she said, Pops, <laughs> she said, I, I don't understand. I don't know what integrity means. And I said, don't worry, darling. 
Even the Prime Minister doesn't know what integrity means. That's a marvellous conversation to have with a six-month-old child. It is. And I've also been explaining to her that I'm, I'm not leaving any debt for I'm not. She's not having to share the national debt, apparently. <laughs> I've got a little granddaughter. She's she's oh. one, so she's sort of old and wise. So I'm, we're yeah. way past integrity. Right. We're, yeah, we're on the, some of the finer points of physics. But... Uh, <laughs> She was very. She got very confused about string theory, so I had to give her a bit of a slap. Uh, <laughs> I mean, for a, for a child that age, string theory is what keeps the toy attached to the pram, yes, surely. Exactly, yeah. So, oh, now this is the important yes. point, and I suspect anyone English asks you this as if you're the you're the person who knows. But um, so the independence, it seems to sort of the prospects for independence seem to swing between unlikely to possible to me and, and I think it's still again. very I think it's still very close right. right and you'll know mark that it's very much age dependent right because the the older people are still the ones that don't want independence right. and I think what they don't want is chaos yeah right because it would be chaos it would be a complete restructuring of a of a nation right with finance uh, but we're, you know, we'll have a pound. We're keeping the pound. <laughs> um, the potential now for borders. I mean, that didn't exist uh, the last time around in 2014, that there was a potential for borders. And then the youngsters, you know, the young who in 16, you've been getting a vote in Scotland. They're very much the ones that want independence. So it's just a waiting game. I mean, if it doesn't happen this time, it's going to happen in, in 10 years' time. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I think, I think if I had a vote, then I would um, – I don't know. I'm very torn on it, really. I can see the arguments both ways. But my heart, in my heart, I would vote yes for exactly the reason you said. Yeah. Because it – chaos. Yeah. I would vote – because being a comic, I wouldn't think – if someone said, but that's going to bring chaos, I'd think, is it? I'm voting for that, then. That's fantastic. Yes. <laughs> and there is a bit of me, I've said this before on this podcast, but Jeremy Hardy, bless him, uh, oh, no. on the night, uh, the day after Brexit, he said to me, oh, but Mark, to be honest, isn't there a bit of you that thinks, oh, this will be mad in the same way that you think, <laughs> yeah. I hope someone lets all the animals out the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> but but, but yeah. Jeremy, Jeremy didn't want us to go. In 2014, he said, oh, no, 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 please don't go, please don't go. Um, but I'll tell you, just about talking about, as I mentioned there, uh, the question, I mean, the Electoral Commission in 2014 changed the wording that was proposed by the Scottish Government. Do you remember it? it was the, initially, it was going to be, do you agree that Scotland should be an independent nation? And they had to take off, <laughs> had to take off do you agree, from the question papers, because, you know, Scotland is such an agreeable country and an agreeable race. We were just seen, do you agree? We were going, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Did you read the rest of the question? No, I didn't bother. I was just, yeah, just like getting along with folks. No. Yeah, you don't want to cause trouble. No, of course I agree. <laughs> <laughs> that, was how, that was how it was sneaked in that Scotland agreed to become a huge, just one great huge water park. Yeah. It was flooded. From Aberdeen yeah. down to Dumfries. Now, talking of such things, I noticed this, Fred, on in the Daily Record. Okay. This week, today even, as we're speaking, that one of these surveys that they do, that I don't know how they do it or what purpose there is to it, but uh, 
they did a survey on what was the happiest place in Scotland. Yeah. And the winner was Kirkwall in Orkney. Right. That's the happiest place where people are most satisfied with their life. Now, for right. people who don't know, I'm thinking, <clears throat> but to get to Orkney, that is the bit that used to be on road maps before all the maps were on the phone. You, the bit that was the extra bit that you think, what's that there for? <laughs> yeah. You drive to the top of Scotland and you think, well, that's it. That's the end. And then you go further, like you're cheating. There's a boat uh-huh. that goes to these islands called Orkney that you must not call the Orkneys. And uh, Kirkwall, about 5,000 people there. I did one of my in-town shows there. Loved the place. Absolutely loved it. No. And um, Yeah, that's the happiest place. So now, who, who, did, who did they ask? Was it the locals or was it, you know, if you just happened to be in Kirkwall, did you get a vote? <laughs> Well, that because, I don't know. It was in the Daily Record, and I'm you know. uh, right because uh, I mean the, the the economy has changed up there, not not through oil, but latterly because they get these enormous ships, right? These mm. these cruise yes. liners they dock in Orkney, so five thousand people got off that yes. boat and said, "This is amazing." You know, <laughs> All right, so that's the best place in the world. Then, that's, <laughs> no, they they were happy because they were only there for six hours. That might be it. I've seen that in Shetland as well. And uh, it's Lyric. so strange. Lyric. And oh. the, so Lyric's about, oh, 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 and I remember getting that. I think it was the Lyric advertiser that day. <laughs> and oh. there was a letter in there complaining. It was from someone from a village at the bottom of Shetland complaining, why does everything always go to the capital? And if you've been to <laughs> Lyric, there's about 200 <laughs> people there. And in this vi- uh, uh, oh, they get everything up there, and it's just, and it uh, so even in that, but it's so remote there, isn't it? I mean, it's a, and half very, Norwegian, beautiful, mm. really beautiful. I I did uh, three uh, three gigs up in Shetland and Kirkwall, uh, sorry, Lerick, yeah, uh, and uh, went otter watching during the day. Yeah, uh, can, which is yeah. just fantastic. Andy Hamilton had put me onto that. He'd done it, and it's just phenomenal. I mean, so you're very, very remote. There's a um, sorry to up. There's a sign there. I've got a photo of me in front of a sign in the high street that says "Danger Otters Crossing" <laughs> on the high street. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do, do you know the the strange fact about the Orkney Islands is that it has the shortest scheduled flight? Yes. Uh, which is, I think it's Westry to Papa Westry. Yes, yeah, yeah. And it's a two-minute flight. Yes. And you get the 10 minutes to landing uh, warning eight minutes before you take off. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much, Fred. I just, I think, I feel so much better informed than I did minutes ago. (laughs) I don't know if I've told you anything, but anyway, I look forward to catching up Sunday, Mark. Uh, Love the podcast, love your work, keep well. Lots of love, Fred. Ah, now, bef- uh, oh yeah, Fred. Oh, no, I've got another question. What? What? Two things. Firstly, what? Where can we see you? What are you doing? What are you doing that isn't you know? Like, you can plug the next time you're going to be with your granddaughter, and we can all come and watch that. But that's right. illegal. I'm still, I, I still do a nice mix of gigs. I do a, a Sunday morning radio show up here in Scotland that goes out on commercial all around the country. Uh, I do various after-dinner kind of stuff. Um, but my heart still lies in stand-up. I do the stand, Glasgow, stand Edinburgh. I'm down in New- all three of them, Newcastle one as well, all of them in the next few weeks. Uh, and two weekends ago, I was back hosting the Comedy Store, which was oh, wow. as, much, as much fun as it ever was. I loved it. Brilliant. Um, and, and the people would remember me because I, I was the, the straight white man. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was on the bill. Now, I, I don't mean any offence to anybody, but uh, we are we are few and yeah. far between. In fact, Elliot dies. Elliot, Elliot popped down. Uh, oh, right. Oh, uh, not, not to see me, I hasten to add. <laughs> I think oh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's good yeah. to see him, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, just, I'm trying to encourage him to be gay because that might, you know, to see if that's a, <laughs> just for a year or two to boil yeah. out the audience. But, you know, yeah, give, give it up, give kids, it kids, I don't listen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank right, you very well, much, Fred. Great to see you. Thanks for having me. As you know, we'd like to hear a wide range of views on this show. So here with one of his incisive interviews is the master of gently teasing out opinions, Mike Concrete. Oh, sweet Jesus, who have we got on here now? Uh, William Weston, he's the head of the Scottish Health Board or something. And he wants to encourage the Scots to eat healthily. Good luck with that, mate. <laughs> aye, aye. Hello, mate. Well, certainly is a challenge, but we're very pleased with the results so far. We're going into schools to put the case for eating fruit so that they can do develop Do you tell them to wash bones. it down, eh? Wash the fruit down with a pint of heavy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good one, mate. Uh, well, they are primary school children, so I'm not sure we'd be suggesting that they That's do what it. I love about your country, mate. You can enjoy a pint and a fag. Like proper men. Well, I don't mind the occasional beer myself, but but you know, for youngsters, we certainly wouldn't be. Uh, you I know, suppose you teach them how to inhale a cigarette properly, do you? Like my old man did with me. That way, you don't waste any tar. We're actually concerned at the high levels of cigarette and alcohol consumption, but the the main thing that we're doing. I'll tell you is- what I had the last time I was in Glasgow, mate. Lard. Fried in lard. Well, those are the kind of eating habits that we're trying to discourage. We all like a fish supper, don't we? But maybe it's time to think about adding more vegetables to your to your oh, diet. Oh, vegetables, eh? You mean like a Twix? Uh, a Twix isn't a vegetable. Yes, it is. See ya, William. That's enough of that, idiot. No wonder they think curling's a sport. Here's Suella Braverman with the Daily Haiku. <laughs> Thank you so much to all those of you who are now supporting us on Patreon. It is because of you that we can continue our quest to find out what the fuck is going on. Without you, we'd be like we'd be like one of these scientists in the 16th century who doesn't know, who, who can't work out where space is. You know, one of them, who, and who then sort of says that there is such a thing as space and is uh, executed by the Vatican. We'd be like one of them. If you'd like to join these wonderful people virtuous radiant souls that they are for as little as two pounds a month just follow the link on our twitter page or go to www.patreon.com and type in what the f is going on i'm not sure if it's still the case but it used to be that uh, there was a what the f is going on that sent you to some religious student thing and as a result of that i very much hope that they now have a hundred thousand followers or If you really want to know what's going on for just £4 a month, you'll get a longer ad-free version of this episode and all the other episodes with extended interviews, bonus sketches. This week, there's George Galloway talking about the Rugby League World Cup. Very, very important piece from him. And from now on, you'll get it on Friday nights, unlike everyone else who'll have to wait till Saturday morning. So it's early. It's come earlier in the week. Uh, So go to www.patreon.com and type in what the F is going on to join the WTF community, which one day will become a cult and we'll all take pills together. Podcasties, 
A few announcements. You may have noticed that this week's episode came out earlier than usual. And, uh, well, you, you will have noticed, unless you just unless it just drifted by in your normal regulation, you just, don't, you just do everything in a sort of metronomic way, uh, and bless you if you do, or you may have noticed that it got sent to you. Do these things get sent? I have no idea. I imagine that podcasts get delivered by a lamplighter, like in Victorian East End London. Bloke comes round. Maybe to all those people who used to tap on the windows to get you up at six in the morning to go and work down the pits for that the, the morning shift. And they like that. Your podcast has arrived, sir. So if it did come earlier, which it did, but you may not have noticed, that's not because things are getting even madder. It's because uh, from now on, the Patreon version will be with you on Friday nights and the rest of you will be able to hear it on Saturday mornings and just have to take the chance that nothing major happens on a Friday night. You can still listen to it on a Monday if you like, but you're taking a chance there, aren't you? I mean, God knows how many ministers have come and gone, but then you might miss the episode that uh, describes how we've been taken over by plants. Now, upcoming shows. I'm going to do this all the time, every week. Uh, there's, I'm going to Abergavenny, I'm going to Stoke, I'm going to various other places. But most importantly, I'm going to Kettering. I think it's on the 12th of November in some great big cavernous bloody place. Please come there because, I, I don't know, the more that I try to promote this, the less tickets we seem to sell. <laughs> I'm going to come out in, in, in Kettering and there's just going to be a couple of people in the staff and they'll make me do it. I don't know. It's That's not quite true. We've sold about 300 or something. I don't know. But please come to Kettering and I'm going to keep plugging this even when it's four or five years after it's happened. Also, people have been getting in touch with us on our Patreon account, as well as on Twitter, uh, wanting to know what the fuck is going on. And it's a very, very fine uh, ambition to have. It's a wonderful aspiration. To, to want to know what the fuck is going on. Richard Vine on Patreon asks, who is the worst government minister of the last 12 years? Well, he says there's a few stinkers I can think of. There are indeed, Richard. Now, you've got some you've got some beauties here, haven't you? I mean, you've got Johnson himself, of course, uh, and then there's, there's Mogg, and then there's Braverman sort of brief little bit, and then there's Nadine Doris. But the thing with all of these people is in... In a way, it's not them that you, you despair at because you think, well, in a in a normal, even vaguely rational world, they would just be people that sort of wandered about in the street and they were sort of known in a community as like, oh, that's crazy. That's old, uh, yeah, that's old nefarious Nadine. She just sort of wanders around Lidl going, oh, what the fuck am I? And you just think, that's that's all right. That's like one of those little people that you would have. And Boris Johnson would be someone who just sort of sat at the bus shelter going, you know, making up stories and that. My dad was uh, George Washington, how to swim. He'd be doing things like that. Jacob Rees-Mogg would be in a circus, so saying, I, I have four nannies just to in order to boil my egg and then people would laugh and children would be would pay a pound to go down and poke poke him with stingy nettles through bars and that's that would be perfectly reasonable but somehow they've all ended up in the government i wonder whether the absolute worst might be grayling if we remember him he was so unbelievably incompetent he was the man who was put in charge of the 
the ferries and uh, booked up a load of ferries that didn't a ferry company that didn't have any ferries, didn't he? Things like that. You would think, you know, I mean, I'm terrible on Google or anything like that at finding out things and just sort of, you know, if I, I after all, when I wanted to get a plumber round, ended up getting this company round that had one star reviews all the way down the line. <laughs> And the bloke wanted to charge 3,000 quid for a job that was 80 quid. Because I'm sort of not very good at booking things up like that. I'm trying to get better. Uh, but I wouldn't be so shit as to book up a ferry company from the government that had no ferries. Who have you booked up for these ferries, Grayling? But what? The car showroom? Have they got any ferries? No, but they've got some cars. We want ferries. Why? Just fucking water. Oh. I mean, Rob sort of was in tandem with him, not knowing that we we brought stuff across the channel and that the channel was wet. So that's pretty bad. But I think I would sort of vote for Grayling, unless you can tell me any any others. Depends what you mean by worst. I think the most idiotic was probably great. And the wonderful thing about official stupidity is it goes in tandem with an overconfidence and an arrogance, doesn't it? So it's one thing someone being stupid. We're all stupid at things. I'm bloody, you know, I'm a useless car mechanic. But if I was a car mechanic and I was suddenly employed as a car mechanic and then I tried to front it out, that's the brilliant thing. They tried to front it out. What I would do in that situation when someone went, is it is it a sump or is it, you know, what's the oil leak? I hope it's not the cylinder. I'd go, look, I'll level with you, mate. I'm not even really sure which is the engine and which is the windscreen wiper. But they don't. They go, I can assure you that this is the finest carburetor in the world. We have a world record breaking set of spark plugs. And uh, <laughs> and then it goes out the thing and, the, and catches fire. Lissada at Lissada on Twitter says, you just need to read this verbatim. Nadine Doris October the 22nd. This is what Nadine Doris said. The boss is back. The man who broke the Brexit deadlock, delivered the first vote COVID vaccine, supported Ukraine when no one else would. The one person Labour fear the most is Boris Johnson. Bring back Boris. Well, two things I've got to say about that. Disorder. I think that's very beautifully and, and poetically put by Nadine. Um, and, and in fact, it reads a little bit like uh, a trailer, doesn't it, for the sort of summer blockbuster? The bus is back. The man who broke the Brexit deadlock delivered the first COVID vaccine, supported Ukraine when no one else would. The one person Labour fear the most, Boris Johnson, boom, 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 is back this summer. Bring back Boris. The other thing that we should say about him, we're very, very grateful, actually, that um, uh, related to Nadine Doris, Nadine Boris often gives her views on this very podcast, and uh, bless her for that. John K. Billsbury at Stockport Diesel, always a fan of Stockport, on Twitter says, looks like George Galloway is writing statements for AFC Filed now. AFC Filed is a football team that uh, is sort of full-time, or semi-full-time, I think, plays in the Vanarama National League North. So that's only, what, there'll be one down from the conference, I believe, two down from the, the Football League. Uh, and there was trouble at a game between AFC Fylde and Chester. And this is the statement. 
Chester's self-serving announcement of 21st of October, portraying the club and its staff as hapless victims of circumstance, AFC filed in the daily newspaper, does their club, it is Gadaway's written this, does their club no credit whatsoever? The clear inference that AFC filed was culpable in the sequence of events and that Chester was due an apology remains at best a shameful attempt to deflect attention from the behaviour of a small number of Chester's supporters who were merely demonstrating in a manner redolent of the mighty marches of the Viet Cong against American imperialism. That, AFC filed, is why I shall not be upholding your complaint. Now, as anybody knows who has tried, even in tranquil times, to work out what the fuck is going on, you have to reach out to the young. I've used a young person's word there. And uh, luckily, I bred someone who was young. And here he is to give us our youth's view. Elliot Steele. Hello. Right. Hello. So how are you coping in amongst all of this turmoil? I'm all right. Has it changed your life any? Not really. This is the level of engagement that impresses me every week, that you've followed (laughs) these things with such detail it puts the older generation to shame. You wonder why all the votes go the way of people who are 87 and wonder why the world's wrong, and it's because you leave everything to them so they can vote for things like, oh, I don't like the Chinese. I'll vote for them all to to be put put in a shed. In Wiltshire, and then you'll go, Oh, what happened? Because you're not, you're not engaging. Well, I've, I've, I've done, it doesn't really involve me. Right. The world doesn't really involve you. Not, not really. Right. What do you, uh, we've got the World Cup coming up. Now, this is going to be a big, this is going to be a big event, isn't it? For, you it's know, a for, people, massive event. for people. No, no, no. Obviously, no, I'm not going to be that. I know that was very Alan Partridge, mm. but it, I mean, it's going to be a big event. For us, you know, the, the, what, last, the English. No, for you and me. Okay, yeah, you know, you like football. Yeah, 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 and particularly World Cups. Well, like the last yeah. one. I mean, we were supposed to be doing a television thing when uh, on the day that Germany got knocked out. If you remember that, yeah, South Korea, South Korea beat Germany, and the whole thing was held up for th- half an hour, wasn't it? While well, we all had to watch the the end of it, I thought it was very exciting. <laughs> yeah, it was great. No, lovely, lovely times, World Cups, and. Uh, Oh, when was what was the first one that you remember? Two thousand two. Two thousand two. I remember Ronaldinho broke our hearts. I don't remember it happening, but I know it. Like I remember right. it happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. When the, from the halfway line, and then uh, then they had someone sent off. Yeah, but the, the um. So yeah, do you? What's the first first disappointment you remember? Because these are really, really important points in my our life. biggest one will be uh, England going out to Portugal. Oh, the penalties! Yeah, when Rooney was uh, when Rooney was sent off. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, this one in particular. See, I'm wondering whether we're going to feel a little bit bad about it because it's. I won't. You won't. No, I know what you're going to bring up. I won't. (laughs) Well, there's a lot of human rights abuse and stuff, and you know that's bad. But I'm not watching it for human rights abuse. I'm watching it because it's football. So that's different, isn't it? 
Well, no, because the human rights abuses have taken place in a country which is profiting enormously economically and in terms of propaganda through the World Cup. So they are. Yeah, but they're, but they're not. They're hiding it. So I, I, you know, how am I meant to know? Even though I clearly know that it's going on, they've hid it. <laughs> so I don't know. So I'm not going to feel bad about it. What? So as long as a regime hides its abuse, yes, you're I, in fine fact, with I'm it. annoyed. I'm annoyed there's been any reporting on it whatsoever because it's really soured the World Cup, in my opinion. The World Cup was always going to go ahead. They could have let it go ahead with all the human rights abuse that I didn't have to know about and I could have enjoyed it guilt-free. But in, in a way, now they've, they've ruined it for everyone. It's the worst outcome for everyone, this. So what, what happens if there's loads of demonstrations or something like that or if someone makes a gesture out there? Well, the the gesture thing, the the, the football, the, the keep politics out of sport thing is, is one of the most ridiculous arguments ever. It's when someone hasn't actually got an argument against what the other person's brought up, they say you should keep politics out of sport, which is stupid because politics is what drives sport. It's why rivalry exists. It's why moments in sport are important. Muhammad Ali isn't just important because he's a great boxer. It was also the politics behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely. So, so it's very, it's very important to have politics within sport. So whenever anyone's like, oh, you know, now they put in things like players can't have gestures under their shirts and yeah. things like that, and that's a really stupid, in a way, a very totalitarian way of running sport. And I, I really disagree with that. I think I think that's incredibly stupid. But on the flip side, I also think other parts of sport are stupid, like having rainbow flags. Having the players walk out with rainbow armbands, except for the one place where they probably should walk out with rainbow armbands being in Qatar, just shows that that FIFA in these places, they don't really care about LGBTQ issues. They care about looking like they care about LGBTQ issues. So that that is why all of this stuff in sport, like even taking the knee, why there's take, literally there's no point taking the knee anymore. It's the, the, the FIFA and UEFA, the Prem, they don't do anything about the racism, but they just need this symbol that we're doing something. Yeah, I agree. But a symbol sometimes is better than no symbol, isn't it? At least it's a symbol. And if they said, right, we're going to stop, I mean, I know, you know, I don't know how long it goes on for or whatever, but if they'd said, right, we're going to stop it within after a few weeks, especially after lots of people who complain about players taking the knee do so because they don't agree with the sentiment, they think that mm. you shouldn't support Black Lives Matter, then that would be, that's going to boost them, isn't it? So that's no good. And the same with the LGBTQ flags and rainbows that's i mean that's if you come from my generation that still is astonishing because when i was your age if you waved an lgbtq flag anywhere that was an act of absolute defiance i mean you yeah, your generation is still astonished by bluetooth like it's not that it's it's not that important is it's, it's incredible to astonish you guys it's not that difficult it, the england iran game is obviously going to be very politically charged obviously i have a sort of uh i you know, will have an an interest in that but it's um but and but especially at the moment i think it is very very likely i would say and i hope this does happen that there will be some sort of gesture at the very least made a, a, about iran about what the iranian government is doing currently the ufc fighter did that the other night 
Yeah, yeah. What was it? What was Darius. he saying? Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't great. He uh, he started out by talking about how what's going on in Iran, and he's an American Iranian, and it needs to be sorted out. And then he tried to uh, convert not just the people of Iran, but everyone in the arena of the Etihad in Abu Dhabi to Christianity. Yes, it was uh, quite a brave call, and I'm not <laughs> sure how much success he had. Yeah, in one of what was the most ill-judged post-fight speeches I've ever seen. But he was a he's Iranian, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was like, "What's going on in Iran is disgusting." I don't know what the answer is, but I know. Oh, he was like, "Sorry, uh, uh, I know what the answer is, but the answer is Jesus." And you're like, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> well, I really like that. I mean, I only caught I was in the kitchen when I come in mean, just at the end of it. But I, I really like that, and I think, well, that's quite gutsy, isn't it? That's yeah, quite they gutsy do, they... to speak out against the the UFC people seem to do it quite a lot. Like who's the Brazilian woman? Uh, Amanda Nunes. Yeah, yeah, she speaks out. She spoke out against Bolsonaro quite a bit. Bolsonaro. Uh, Bolsonaro. Yeah, sorry. Um, they they it happens a fair bit. Like uh, the the, the post fight speeches, they're all they they're allowed to make political gestures in the UFC. Like they even have. Pride week, in, they have pride in the UFC, and like the fighters are given the option because obviously some of them are like devout Muslims from Dagestan right. who aren't going to have exactly views that fit the LGBT community, uh, and they're given the option of wearing the pride flag, and some do and some don't. But like Amanda Nunes is also an openly gay athlete who has a kid, like nobody, and nobody gives a shit. Like yeah, nobody yeah. care. Everyone's just like, oh yeah. All right. Well, go in there and punch her in the face. Like that's it. It's not. They don't make a big deal out of it, which I think is quite a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. So what's what gesture should we have? There should be a gesture then. What should what, it between, be between yeah. us and Iran? Well, no, over Qatar. Yeah, there should be that. But also, I mean, I, uh, Shappy, uh, what about this? Shappy got to go on Sky Sports to talk about what she thought should happen between England uh, for the England Iran match, and she suggested that. All the uh, fans, all the Iranian fans, all give their tickets to women. Now, I don't, I'm not sure if they're going to do that, but that would be a brilliant idea, wouldn't it? If that yeah, was just that like, or if it was just all women in the uh, in the Iranian side of the. I know, but then we'd have to explain the side rule a lot to them during oh, the game. Fuck's sake! Sometimes. <laughs> do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna restart the beginning to this, and it's gonna go. If you you need to have a widespread of views across the generations, and luckily. My grandfather is on hand <laughs> who bred me 96 years ago. <laughs> Here he is with his views that were considered a little bit out of date in the late Victorian period. Thank you very much, Elliot Steele. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you've liked it, rate it. And if you can be bothered, write a review to add to the absolutely lovely mountain of them that there are there. Uh, If you can't be bothered to write a review, definitely write one. If there's anything at all that you think I should be finding out what the F star 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 is going on with it, please send me a message on Twitter at WTF is going on pod. And we will look at all the messages that you send. If you'd like to become a WTF supporter and get early access to ad free, that's ad free because they are irritating extended versions for as little as two pounds a month. Please visit our Patreon page. What the fuck is going on was hosted by me, Mark Steele with my guests Fred McCauley and Elliot Steele. 
Voices by Sarah Alexander. It was written by Mark Steele and Pete Sinclair. Music by Willie Downing. Produced by Mike Benwell. What the fuck is going on? Was brought to you by WTF Productions. 